Because Bear loves that voice, had to do it. Um, I know, woof. So, this week we discuss Billy Madison with a great friend of the show, Oren Pellig. I lived with Oren for seven years here in Los Angeles. Uh, one of our favorite things to do was quote Adam Sandler uh, to each other. I can't tell you how many times we would leave voicemails to each other with those quotes and somehow bring them up in, you know, weirdly uh, applicable conversations. I don't know how it worked, but it did. Um, And we wanted to bring him on because he has a pretty nuanced opinion about why this movie uh, holds up today and why he thinks kids today uh, would like it, as well as the fact that uh, it's just a movie that meant a lot to him and that he's a big Adam Sandler fan. Uh, So we discussed that at the jump and we hope you enjoy it. I just wrote down, fuck Triscuits are the worst cracker because that's how I They are bad. Yes, oh God, oh God, yes. Welcome back to Is It Still Good? For those of you who don't know, this is the show with a couple of grown-up film students who hate growing up, and we we take off our rose-colored glasses. We look back at the culture of our youth. We take our glasses, we boil them in a pot with a malt, and we add some hops, we add some water, we let it ferment for days, and what comes out is what we imbibe ourselves with, and it's with that set of eyes that we look back upon things, and we decide if they're good or not still. So I'm Bear Kennedy in Chicago, I'm back back in the second city with my dick in my hand and joining me as always. That is very crass, Michael, and I do not approve of your penis in your hands. Uh, Andrew Carter is with him as always in Los Angeles. We have a very special guest today. One of my best friends, very best friends, very good boy, guy I lived with for seven years, Mr. Oren Peleg. He is here to discuss Billy Madison. And for those that don't know, Billy Madison is Adam Sandler's 1995 uh, seminal classic, uh, 25 years old this year. Um, It's weird to think that we are older than this movie, but we are. I mean, we were like seven or whatever when it came out. Well, Um, we've never not been older than this movie. I know, but it just sounds weirder to say it as you know, an adult, but you're right. We, you know, <laughs> any, anything that came out after we were born, we are now technically older than. I know. Like, I think bear, you might even be older than Die Hard. I think that was it's, June of 88 and I was born in May. So got, yeah. got it by just a hair. Wow. That's fucking wild. Yeah. I was August 88. So I don't, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still younger than Die Hard. I don't remember the date. I just know it was a summer movie. And I know that's weird because it it takes place at Christmas. I know. But they didn't they didn't go for the the meta, you know, Christmas movie at Christmas time release. Yeah, I know. It's a great movie though. Yeah, but (laughs) dead (laughs) do. All right. So Oren. Um we brought Orn on to talk about Billy Madison because uh he and I are both massive not, not only uh, fans of the movie, but fans of uh, Mr. Adam Sandler. Um, even one year in uh, Halloween 2013, we went as Billy Madison and the Penguin from Billy Madison. Uh, and you were you were the Penguin. I was the Penguin. Yeah, and you was Adam Sandler, of course. You look more <laughs> like him. Um, is why I asked. Andrew looked more like him. No, you no. look more like him. Andrew has a natural penguin-like nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that you did it right. <laughs> 
And Orin, and Orin's costume though, he had a little lunchbox with snack packs and snack packs inside. Yeah, that's right. What what uh, what wardrobe did you do? Did you do this the cutoff sweater? I think I did. I want to say like baggy. Like to be honest with you, the way I dress and the way Sandler dresses are not too dissimilar. So it wasn't a big stretch for me. So like uh, shorts uh, with Tim's. Right, like insert, you know, obscure East Coast college t-shirt, like a really shitty, uh, you know, uh, dilapidated hat. Um, except I think he wears a lot of like boots and tim- Tims and things like that. I um, think I lent you a pair of my Tims. I think pretty you did. sure. Yeah, and they were like, too, and you have sizes too small. <laughs> yeah, you have bigger feet than me, so you had to do it without lens. Uh, not lenses, sorry, without laces. Right, and yeah, I, I think yeah, I just like, I wore like. Uh, I want to say like cargo shorts and like a big draping flannel and like a backwards hat or something. Like that. I'm pretty we, sure someone took a picture of us that it was night. We did. I was surprised people got it. It was a hit. Oh, that was my question. So people did get it from just that. You'd be surprised. People got it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. with the two of you, yeah. I mean, it would be a little weird if it was just you, Orin, doing Sandler, but people might even pick up on that. But I think you give them the penguin and it clicks. Penguin, the snack pack. The snack pack, the yeah. Uh, and I also was doing the like, yeah, but yeah, but do, you know, the Sandler voice with people, and you know, we kind of yeah, but yeah, do. That sounds like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> you know, like the, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but do is just a fun thing for Sandler to say in that voice. I think. Yeah, um, he also says uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm excited to talk about the Sandler voice because I think this is, you know, it's you know very present in the in the movie. So. Do you remember the first time you heard the Sandler voice? Was it before Billy Madison or was it on SNL? The first time I heard, oh God. No, it, it's it's not one of those things that like, you know, I instantly latched onto or something. Like it's not like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, now it's something that's like, you know, obviously there's a, one of the first associations you make with Sandler is the voice, but I, I can't really pinpoint, because I, I, um, are we just launching in, right? Are we just going in on Sandler? Yeah, we're going. Just, just, we'll, we'll, yeah, you know. All right, because here's my question. I fucking hate that voice. What the fuck? What is that? No, I have an interest. Okay, I have a couple. I, it doesn't of- work. I hated it. And this is probably going to color. You're going to start getting the feel of how this show's going to go for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That voice sucks. Well, and I know it's associated with him, but it sucks. It's awful. One thing I'm going to give Billy Madison credit for, uh, and this, I think, stands the test of time, is that, the film opens on the voice. Oh, absolutely, yes. It's him it does. It, and so right there, it's like you're either on board or you're not right away, which actually I yep. really appreciate. It's like you got to be with, and we can go into it more, but it's, and, you know, because I will say, like, sometimes you go into a film and, like, you know, you're sort of lukewarm, which I think is, like, a really bad place, actually. It's like I want to be all in or all out. I don't want to be like drifting in a movie. And not least, only not only do I agree, but we find ourselves in the middle a lot more with the stuff we revisit for yeah. the show than I than I would have thought, to be honest with you. So I completely agree with that. And, and that's the thing. Like, and also, also uh, one thing about Sandler generally is I think his career is like that. It's kind of like all of his comedies, like love them or hate them, they all take big swings. And I, look, you could argue you hate most of them or you hate all of them, but even his dramas, it's like he works with tour. he works with like really like there's not a lot of like middle ground with him like i feel like he either kind of like gets it or it's like a horrible horrible failure and uh which is something <laughs> that's like 
it's something that makes him one of the most whether love him or hate him i think it's pretty hard to dispute that he's one of the most interesting and fascinating like creators working and i i would argue I, I feel like that's a pretty easy case to make but um people might be i would no i would i would agree with that just based on fucking you know the last three years considering that he did like you know the ridiculous six for netflix and then he did um the do-over with david spade also for netflix and then he did the, and then he was in the Meyerowitz stories and you were like whoa that was a pretty good performance and then he did another like uh, the week of with Chris Rock and Sandy Wexler, and then he does Uncut Gems, and you're like, "Whoa, what the you're fuck?" Find a filmmaker who's making like Oscar-nominated content, but then also making like Beverly Hills Chihuahua or the equivalent. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist. Like it, on the other side of the camera, and really, like it's pretty damn rare with uh, an actor. But I digress. We can we can talk Billy Madison. I'm sorry. So back to the voice is like what? My original question <laughs> still stands. What the fuck? Okay. I think in this film in particular, it makes a lot of sense in the world of the film because this is a man child. And that's a very important part of the character is that you need to get right off the bat that, yeah, this looks like a grown man, but this is really like a seven-year-old. And, yeah. and they establish that immediately uh, with him, you know, doing the voice and doing the uh, smiley face with the sunscreen, you know. You can argue about like that some of that stuff is superfluous. You could literally start the movie on him coming in and like having the soup at the at the table with everyone and accomplishes the same thing. But there's a lot at work in the movie because like this is Sandler at the height of his SNL stardom. Like, you know, you can see that he wasn't edited much, like, and this is one of the first times he got to do that, where like he get he gets to do whatever he wants on screen and they're banking on just putting a camera on this guy doing whatever, like is gonna like just like land with people. Um, so does he does he control the voice? That's it. I, don't, it just... I, I don't understand. Like, it, am I supposed to know that he does? Let's say this is the first time I'm going to watch an Adam Sandler movie. Do I have to pre? Do I have to have the the previous knowledge that this guy does this voice? Because I associate him with the voice. I do not know the origin of the voice. Um, I don't. Either. I don't know when he uses or or doesn't use it. And I think it's the least funny thing he does. I think I think when he talks, he he sounds like a normal person. Yeah, um, yeah. He knows how to act, and when he yells, it's quite funny. But the voice is just the worst thing to happen. So, like, what's do, do we do? You just accept that he's a guy who does this, regardless of what the character is, or is it is it like you say, this is a man who who does not have the control over a seven year old's personality overcoming him at moments. Uh, without any kind of warning because well, I because I, I straight up do not get it and I think there was a time when I laughed at it and I I watched this movie twice in last week and I couldn't fucking stand the voice to my surprise because I because I, I do remember that being funny at a certain time it's tough when the voice when you're watching the film you know maybe 20 years after you first saw it or whatever and like the voice is now has a life of its own so like yeah it's it, there's no way like there's right. been SNL sketches about the voice you know yeah. um so yeah, even, I, and even in even in funny people where Sandler plays like more or less a version of himself there in the beginning of that movie he's meeting fans and he's like yeah they'll do like to one of them and like the that's basically him just doing like the character he plays in funny people is George Simmons but like that's basically like him doing Sandler right. like a version of himself and 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 commenting on that and I just want to quickly say 
I love that your question about the voice it, bear is what the fuck because I just I want to make this known. So last last night when I was watching it, thirty seconds in is when you start hearing this Don Tan lotion. Thirty seconds in, yeah. Zoe, who has never seen Billy Madison, literally goes, "What the fuck, babe?" And she, she <laughs> that was her reaction. Was she watching it or did she just overhear that from somewhere? She over she overheard it. Like, because okay. I think she was on her iPad or something. And I was like, look, I have to watch this movie. I know you're not going to like it. It's not going to be for you, but like, I'm going to watch it for the podcast. And she's like, okay. And then she's like doing something on her iPad. And then she just yeah. hears it and she's like, what the fuck, babe? And then it kept going. And then like he does starts doing like the gibberish, like, uh, um, like eating the, the soup. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, ah, ha, 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 shut up. And then she goes, Oh my god, babe! This is like my nightmare. <laughs> and and Very got well. up and and I think after I think and then once he grabbed the old guy's hand and was like, oh, oh she was like, I'm out of here and went upstairs. <laughs> you drove her out of the room. Yeah, I was like, That's sorry, great. I I gotta do it. But I didn't. I was laughing. I was like, fine, good, get the hell out of here, beat it. Quoting <laughs> <laughs> Happy Gilmore as you. Yeah, out. it's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. wait, Oren, so Billy Madison, do you remember when you saw it for the first time? I, I don't remember when I saw it. I, I, I recall, like, so my, uh, I was not allowed to watch any Adam Sandler as a kid. Like, I, my parents thought he was just, like, you know, satanic or something, and they would not let me watch any of his films. Wow. Uh, so not, the reason I say wow is not, like, I know exactly what you mean. Like, my dad could not stand a guy either right like big daddy all the all the movies i was dying to see my parents wouldn't let me see um so i feel like i got to him kind of late uh like you know i think it would have been in high school when i really like started watching stanley uh so i think it would have been around there like i think early on in high school which is so funny because i was like starting to get into like european films and like then was you know but also like loved Billy Madison, I, I, you'd read Bicycle Thieves and then Mr. Deeds. <laughs> I, and even like, even with comedy, I was watching like Stalker was, and Little Nicky. <laughs> no, but okay. Well, God, I'm, it's so hard for me not to just like go off about Sandler's whole career. So I'm really trying to stay to Billy Madison. But um, I just remember thinking like, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, this guy just has a magnetic on-screen personality. Like, just like little things like him on the staircase when he's like you know uh dancing after the interaction with yeah uh, i'll tumble for you yeah yeah and and i remember like i I, it's funny to watch it again now but like i remember thinking like wow everyone when i first saw like wow everyone in this movie's funny and how like that did really hold up for me i was like kind of like it's for for me i was like oh my god bradley whitford is hilarious like there's i I was like taking notes and i was rewatching it like chris farley when he has the first, like the first thing when Sandler, uh, no, yes. it's not Sandler, it's one of the kids, throws something at him when he's driving. <laughs> and his it, little, yeah. His it little wrecked rap. me, wrecked me. And, I, and I, I'll just tell you, I, I hated yeah. this movie, rewatching it. I laughed so fucking hard. I, Chris, like, just that moment where he's just turning red, like, he just like wills himself <laughs> into that state is so fucking funny and there's so much there like and, and that's the thing that was missing from his bad comedies it's like when you have the people around so in bed like there's a whole character backstory in chris farley's like like you know pumping blood vessel above his eye <laughs> i know that bus driver 
Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's like, it's such a good, it's like five seconds on screen. Yeah, it's, it's basically and nothing and so I was much. dying. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that and was also go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, last thing. It's the kind of thing that I hate when people dismiss that in comedy. People are just yeah. like, you know, oh, it's low. But I was like, Chris Farley's a genius. And like, and this is like, that's a perfect little case study of why he's a genius. And why if you threw in someone else to be that bus driver, they wouldn't have gotten it. But he got it like, you know, and, and you have to give yeah. Sandler credit for amassing that kind of talent in, into his stuff. Yeah, like, I agree. The, that was the people f- who fill out the, the, the edges of this movie are awesome. So and I'm one of these idiots yeah. who, who like just looking at Norm Macdonald will make me laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm on that is, wavelength. He's it's surgical use of Norm Macdonald. Dude, the line when they're when they're like, I know what you're going to say. On, the the right on the guy's lawn and he, and he goes, this is the best night of my life. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna oh, say they're, when they're, they're all watching the news. Yes, report, yes that one goes, is. Oh, that's incredible. Amazing. Maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I look at him. that is yeah. That one. Yeah, that is me. that yeah. is genius. But I just yeah, I agree with you, Bear. Anything Norm says, I just crack up at. I remember watching. There's an old clip of him on Conan in like ninety, I don't know, six or seven, and there he's on there with a. He was the first guest, and then an actress came out, and I, I'm forgetting her name but she was in a movie coming out. She was promoting a movie that she had done with Carrot Top, the comedian. And so she's promoting this movie and Conan's like, okay, yeah, so what's this movie called again? And then Norm, who's just sitting there, like, you know, like on the side, his interview's done. He just goes, I, I know what it's going to be called. <laughs> and, and Conan's like, oh, you do? What is it? And he's like, and he goes, and Norm goes, if it's, uh, if it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? Box Office Poison. <laughs> Like in front of this actress who's like promoting this movie. Oh god. And then and then it was and she was like, I'm in it too. And she goes, It's called Chairman of the Board. And then she and then and then Norm just goes, Oh, is board spelled B-O-R-E-D. That's good. That's fucking funny. So good. But like, but with um so like speaking of like Norm, and I, I guess to a lesser extent, Norm, to a much bigger extent, Chris Farley. This was the first time I understood, or not understood, but this is the first time I saw like a really big star in a movie that was like a cameo. And I remember being like, wait, this isn't a Chris Farley movie, but Chris Farley is in it. Mm-hmm. Like even as a kid, I remember, cause I knew who Chris Farley was and I was like, wait, but it's not Tommy boy. And right. what's he doing here? And like, you know, and he's like, and it's only a little part. Like, why is it only a little part? But that was, but looking back at that was the first time of understanding like, oh, people's put their friends in their movies and they do little cameos and they do little things and like you know and this also speaks to again and we're going to keep it on billy but like this started the whole thing for sandler of like just putting his friends in movies i mean how many times has steve buscemi showed up in his movies and yeah. he's always got those two guys alan covert and and uh and peter dante and like you know yeah. he's got t- all his friends are always in his movie i mean like people just want to work with the guy i feel like and to, to Brad, uh, to Bear's point about like the edges of a movie, I think like that really is like the strength of the movie, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can kind of see like, you know, if you look at some of the, the comedies that I think he did a better job with, like, you know, Wedding Singer, a couple of other things like um, that, like, yeah, the, the meat of this movie is like, you know, kind of like take it or leave it. But like some, like, I mean, I was literally like when I was rewatching, I was like taking some notes of like, things that I just thought were so fucking funny. Like, like, and so I think that like from that standpoint, like 
I enjoyed a rewatch of it. And it's so short. It's an hour and 20, I think. Mercifully short. It's, it's hour, like seeing hour 25. Yeah. Yeah. It's painless. It's, it's, it's really like quick and dirty. And, um, and I think that like the people who fill out the edges aren't asked to do too much. They really just kind of come in, come out and you don't get like, there's no like fatigue factor with them. Like they really are kind of used very well and kind of sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um, even Bradley Whitford, who I think is like borderline, like, you know, gets on my, you know, I, there's really funny moments with him, but like I could have done with a little less of like of some of his over the top stuff. But like generally, like I think they did a really, really good job of using everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. The fringe players are, I don't even know if you'd call them fringe players, but like, yeah, the people kind of like making up even Juanita who you could help me shave my armpits <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like oh my god I'll go to school like all, all that stuff I and also it's just like it just reminded me not that I really needed a reminder like how much this movie was just like in my lexicon growing up like I quoted this thing relentlessly and frankly we my friends and I like it still will come up Orin and I probably quote it <laughs> once a week without even really realizing it. It's not like we, and that's the thing with movie quotes. I feel like when people who don't quote movies, I feel like they sometimes think like, what do you guys do? Just call each other and quote movies. And it's like, yeah, but it's not in the way that you think. It's not like we call each other and say, remember this. We're having a conversation and things come up and it just reminds you of, you know, certain things. Like, I don't know, like sometimes when I'm, someone's, I'm so hungry. I I say like, well, I, I ate some Triscuit crackers in the car. You should have had some. And it just happens to come up in conversation. Was that product placement? No, because I don't think you saw it. But maybe I. Mm-hmm. I remember. I, 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 I just wrote down "fuck Triscuits are the worst cracker" because that's how I. They feel. are bad. Wait, so they went out of their way to call Triscuits delicious. It did. So right. Oren, you you discovered this in in high school. Bear, when did you discover Billy Madison? Uh, I had this had to have been like seventh grade because. I remember um, like moving to Chicago and a lot of kids in middle school were just really into this movie. So I, I don't remember the first time I've seen it. I'm guessing it was probably like a sleepover, like, you know, 12, Mm -hmm. 13 year old kids sleeping over watching this movie. There was a time when it was syndicated a lot, but I don't, I don't really watch cable anymore. So I don't know if that's still the case, but I think you're right. I think it is like 85 minutes. That's perfect to pump in. Um, you know, some commercials and get that out to two hours and play it on TBS or whatever. So I suspect yeah. it was on quite a bit. For whatever reason, I own this on DVD and that's what I watched it on. Me too. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I don't know about yours, but my transfer looked like it was made by a friend of the show, Khalil's dad. It looked like dog <laughs> shit. It looked like someone had just just recorded it straight off of like an over-the-air broadcast. VHS, yeah, oh, the, the DVD awful. transfer is terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. Just well, it's funny hideous. that you mentioned you, you remember seeing it on TV a lot. That was uh, that was the first time. I remember seeing this movie for the first time. We were, I was probably 10, and my sister, I think, was 11 or 12, and my parents went out for dinner, and it was one of the first times they, like, left us home alone for a couple hours, and my so they were kind of like Sarah you're in charge and it was right around the time that the water boy came out and it probably was the movies like the network premiere and it was on ABC and I remember seeing a commercial for it and I was like if you like Adam Sandler and the water boy 
like watch him watch him get wet for for the first time in Billy Madison and it showed him like doing the slip and slide watch and so him I remember, get wet for the yeah, first time yeah something weirdly suggestive like that <laughs> and but was also really weird about it was like I remember thinking like oh cool Billy like Adam Sandler in a water park and then the movie of course has like nothing to do with that I think they were just using the water boy as a reason for people to watch Billy Madison obviously Wait, um, before, but Billy Madison was before the water. The water. Boy, oh right? yeah, I'm talking about it was, it was on TV. TV. Using the fact that Waterboy was yeah, out. like the Waterboy was out. It was a big hit, and people were like, "Let's people are gonna like watch Sandler's other stuff." Right, right. And right. I remember we were home, and I was like, "Oh, let's watch it." And yeah. I just remember like laughing so hard at a lot. Of, it's what's weird to me is that I agree with you, Bear. I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of that voice. I do think it, it's necessary for this character, like this movie and the character, but I also like, I'm not laughing at this. Stop looking at me, Swan, anymore. No. That, that is one of my biggest problems. I mean, like all, all the stuff you guys just said, allow me to take the other position for everything you just said. Yeah. So that, like this being just seared into my cortex in middle school, um, definitely has impacted my ability to enjoy it later in life. Like those lines, oh, wow. most of the lines from this movie, um, I'm not laughing at. And I know I went through a, a period of time where it was just quoted all the time. Yeah. And the, the problem I have is there's nothing to revisit. So there's not, there's not many deeper lines that are funny upon further review. Mm-hmm. It, if you grew up when we grew up and, and this was part of your childhood, you've heard every joke a thousand mm. times so stuff that works like the norm stuff is, is a little out there like that's not necessarily going to click with kids like why that shit's funny and i think chris farley transcends most you know limitations of, of rewatchability because he's so fucking funny yeah. but this isn't like a yeah. layered no. comedy where you can find some deeper lines that are funny later in life and not only that but like yeah i i do stand by the 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 people who kind of fill out the edges of the frame here are very interesting, but that's all you have. Like this movie is just a, a vehicle for Adam Sandler to do jokes. Yeah. And it's not a character based comedy. The, the plot sucks. So if you take that away, all, all you have is gags and, and whether or not they yeah. land. So it's smart that they do have good bit players to come in and do funny shit. That's all you have. That is the entire basis of comedy here. Um, so I, agree that it can, it sometimes works but it's not like there was another option right like i said Bill, the the most i read a bunch of shit about this movie because i knew it i mean adam sandler usually gets reviewed like shit and i don't always think that's deserved especially because he does have an audience for mm-hmm. you know the ridiculous six or whatever like people watch this stuff yeah. oh yeah um 500 million hours yeah. or so some like, shit I, like he, he's always able to find an audience so like do i care what a critic thinks about something that's clearly aimed at a specific target and, and, is, and is likely hitting it. Um, not really, but uh, I think it was either Roper or no, it was Gene Siskel, RIP, said, you don't have a good motivation for the character's behavior. And uh, that had it, it took off a lot of the sheen off this movie for me. The fact that we don't understand why he's like so infantilized. No idea why he's so infantilized. He's actually the villain of the piece. Um, Eric is mostly concerned with the people who work for Madison Hotels losing their jobs if Billy takes over the company. He has a pretty altruistic motive for not wanting Billy in, and yet I'm supposed to sympathize with him. Wait a minute. I want to push back on that. 
Because, that is his stated goal numerous times. Yeah, but, you know. Okay, I don't agree with doing a school shooting because of it, but he yeah. he is more motivated than Billy for any single thing that happens in the film. Okay. Uh, I feel, <laughs> wow, okay. I, I feel like, um, yes, that is the character's stated goal, but I, and I, I don't think that's the character's um, actual goal. I mean, like, this is like where a, is that in the text, though? I mean, he's he's pissed well, he's not going to get the company, and he he asks the guy. I mean, he's a little out of touch, and Carl isn't, so he does ask the expert how many people work here, and then uses it as his argument for why Billy shouldn't get the company. He also can't sure. answer a question about business ethics at the which, academic decathlon, which is I supposed mean, to hold more weight than it does. I mean, we're just kind of told this guy doesn't have any ethics. Yet, by any standards, especially now in this fucking pandemic, this guy's goal is to keep people from being unemployed, and he's an asshole. Or that's his tactic to gain sympathy from the person who could hand over the company, which is how it reads to me. I, I, there's no point in the piece where I'm like, you know, oh, you know, Bradley, Bradley, yeah, he cares Bradley. about other employees. I don't think he cares about. Um, yeah, I don't. I think you're bringing that. I don't think that's in the text. I think you're bringing that. Uh, maybe I mean, like, but the character's pretty. Overt. I don't mind. I don't mind the main character being the villain. By the way, I have no problem with that. But the, yeah. he's he's a point of view character. That's fine. I don't care if he's a good or bad person. But yeah. he's a bad person. Yeah, he's a flawed character. I mean, look, this is a deep, you know. Uh, but you still, I think you. Like, I think the thing is that you still like Billy. You don't like Eric. You're like, what I disagree. Loser. I'm told to like Billy the whole movie, <laughs> and I have to swallow <laughs> this romantic plot about this teacher who. Yeah, a likes him for very thin reasons. No, uh, that's which is, actually which does not play as well older in life. I'm sorry, I've shut up. I've, I've it, shot on that. Now. No, 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 no. That's it okay. It doesn't play well, Bear. But you bring up a really good point because in rewatching this, okay, the scene where Ernie pees his pants and Sandler um, covers for him is a really sweet. It is. Scene. Very I agree. Sweet. Almost very out sweet. of character levels of sweet from him. Well, we, do, we don't see anything before that, that that leads us to believe that this is a guy who's going to have sympathy for a child. And that it's well, really nice. It, it is. A, I mean, if, if you're going to boil it down, I mean, if you have 85 minutes, you're going to do one scene that shows the teacher that he's got a heart of gold. You, they did nail it. That's it's a, a good great scene. scene. But it's a it, good scene. But it, it seems really weird compared to the rest of his behavior in the movie. Yes. I mean, he... I, he but no, hang on. I want to jump in here. I don't yeah. think it's that weird. I, I had the exact same reaction you had. Uh, both of you when I watched the scene I was like oh that's actually that was that that like it hit me a little different yeah watching it as like a 32 year old because I was like that's a really sweet nice thing to do for a kid who's embarrassed and I don't think it's out of character because I think at that point he has accepted that these kids like him and he's like yeah I'll do what I'll, I'll do whatever for these kids like I you know these kids are fun I like them and whatever I'm cool with being like maybe their big brother or whatever well, I understand that like what you're yeah. saying bear about like up until that point we haven't necessarily seen anything that's uh you know on the level of sweet he makes fun of a kid but... with a stutter yeah that's terrible yeah. hard <laughs> yeah you know what though bear? like here's the thing like it seem on the surface he's motivated in that moment right to, to help Ernie because he's trying to uh, get with the teacher, right? Right. And I think they did a really smart thing in that they don't, when he sees the kid having the accident, they don't cut to Sandler looking at the teacher or something. He's he's fixing on the kid and trying to help yeah. the kid. And it's the teacher, uh, Bridget Wilson, what's her name yeah. again? Yeah. This is Sampras. Bridget Wilson, yeah. This is Sampras. Bridget yes, Wilson yes. Sampras. I saw her right. at an Apple store, by the way. How's she doing? Um, 
looked great. Looked like she was, you know, a really doting mother. And I, they were, I think they were getting their kid, a, her and Sampras, I think they were getting their kid a computer for college or something. It was a couple of years ago. Is but um, one of she, the like, she looks like more or less the same. She looks like she didn't age at all. How does Pete look? Like a, like a, like a vampire. Like he, not a vampire. That's a, he just, he's really hairy. He's, I don't know why. <laughs> why do you think vampires are hairy? I think I was conf- I think I meant to say Wolfman. I meant to say Wolfman, and I got confused, and I said vampire. I, but I also I don't know for whatever reason I guess I feel like he looks a little like Bella Lugosi. I don't know why. And this is also the second time I've mentioned Bella Lugosi on this podcast. So I would love to I look s- like Bella Lugosi later in life. Pretty hard. Bella Lugosi's dead. No, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't. I don't mean it as an insult. Bella Lugosi was a good looking dude. He's scary looking Dracula. Sampras looks scary. You think? No, not scary, Harry. And I don't know. I, I again. I think when Bear said, "How does he look?" I thought of his hair, and I think I meant to say Wolfman. But for whatever reason, Vampire came out, and now I think I'm trying to defend and justify it when I should just say I should have said Wolfman. Gotcha. Um, but it's fine. Think, I'm just checking in on him. I, you know, no pressure. Just want to know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. He hasn't. Pl- what well, was the last time he he retired in what? 2003, 2002. It was a while. Last I remember match. him. It was a long time ago. Slapping it with uh, old Baldy. You know, uh, fucking Agassi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Good. Oh man, good, good times. Those, those things. But no, but anyway, Oren, you were talking about the scene. Well, no, I just, I think that's, I think that's a scene that really like held up for me. You kind of, like, yeah, the the seeds that end up growing with Sandler's more like slightly mature uh, comedies. You know? Well, uh, yeah, I also yeah. think Big Daddy was. Yeah. I remember seeing that. That was the first Sandler movie I saw in theaters, and that has a very like a, a lot of sweetness in it like i remember even like getting almost like choked up at parts when they when they come to take away the kid and like and he's really good he's like yeah. he's you know he's you, emotional you and... see some some like of the early seeds of that in billy madison even like when he goes back and i like i actually really like how he keeps going back to the elementary school and it's clearly not yeah. just for her like yeah let's connect to those kids um which i thought was really sweet um and i think you i mean look if the movie opened and you like, you need that movie to open with you, uh, you know, like I don't say despising the character, but like you do kind of need to recognize like this guy's not fit to run a company. And I think that they do a good enough job of that. While, like, I mean, I, it's subjective whether or not you think he's like funny when they just like let him do his thing on like whether or not you think like him on the staircase him interacting with Juanita like him in the pool like it's subjective but like I just remember as a kid like thinking like wow who is this fucking guy like I yeah. losing my shit at everything he does on screen and like yeah it's, it doesn't hold up the same way but obviously uh but I I guess like I in re-watching it like I just Look, it's not something that's gonna to stay in in the canon for me. It's not something I'm gonna like revisit every so often, like I, like some comedies that I really love. Um, but I I appreciate like getting to go back and kind of see like, you know, the birth of this kind of like really divisive, but like kind of a comedy legend. Like, and, and I liked getting to go back and just kind of see like, this was him kind of trying to figure out how to lure an audience in, you know with one of his like self-driven vehicles one of his comedies and and i appreciate that but yeah 
to what you said a little earlier, Bear, like it wasn't like I was peeling back certain, there were a little, a couple little things like the business ethics thing that was over my head when I was a kid. And like, I like laughed kind of hard when I thought that was a funny thing to do to the Eric character. Um, which I, yeah, I didn't get it either until this time I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, um, but, uh, but there's like some stuff like just a little like Steve Buscemi like you know putting on the lipstick I like lost it but I was like still was really funny to me like those those little things that like I was like it's a it's a lot to ask of a comedy that you like when you were like ten years old to still make you like laugh out loud like even if it's just for like six times like that's a lot to ask right. um, and and this movie does do that um, and it sounds like at least we can find some common ground there, Bear. Like at least that it has that. You no, know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate every part of this movie. I'm never watching it again. Um, but the <laughs> the thing that struck me this time watching it, which I never, I don't know if I just didn't think about it this way, but I, I don't think that this movie has any intention of actually being good. Uh, but I do think it has every intention of being extremely absurd. And I came through uh, yeah. in a way that never did when I watched this when I was young. Yeah, um, same. I mean, the, the plot is very, very thin. It's insane. But they then match that with a bunch of shit that is just crazy out there. Like, none of this shit is grounded in reality, and I really appreciate it. And the, and the jokes that work the best are when they really lean into the type of stuff where they put him in situations that you can relate to having been a kid. Like, when he makes Ernie call the teacher and essentially ask through him, do you like me? Like, yeah, no one has to admit that you've done that with a girl. Um, there, there's stuff like that. That's really funny. There things like, um, you know, just being awkward as hell in high school that, that does work. Um, but the, you know, if you think this is a serious movie and it gets to the point where they're doing an absurd musical number in a fountain, I think you've misread their intention. Like it, it's way out there comedy. Yeah, and yeah. some of that is, is awesome. Most of it's bad, it, but that, but that commitment to just being nowhere near grounded, this is going to be completely absurd. We're going to throw a lot of weird stuff out there uh, is pretty cool. Now, if you watch this for the first time now, like if you read a bunch of like audience reviews and shit, a lot of people what I found, this is not even specific to Billy Madison, but a lot of times if you read audience reviews, that's just a pit of despair. No one can articulate why they enjoy a movie at most of the time. Or why they don't enjoy it. Right, they just are, are, are categorically incapable of doing it. So there's a lot of reviews for this that are like five stars, comedy classic. A uh, lot, lot of thrown around the, the, the word classic. If you were to watch this as a 13 year old now, you would be very, very confused as to why it's held in high regard. This would be a very confusing thing for someone to experience like Zoe for the first time that I mean oh yes you hear this is a it's a it's a legend of comedy you gotta watch this even as a third I think I think this is intended for 13 year olds but kids who were born in 2007 are gonna watch this and be like what the fuck are my parents on about like I don't get this really other I think so I don't think anyone's I think that this is a very confusing level of esteem that's ascribed to this movie I think it's very unearned because at this point it was almost you could make the argument it's kind of breaking comedy ground to have something this absurd in like a wide theatrical release a lot of the reviews at the time were comparing it to dumb and dumber because it's like oh my god this lowbrow dumb humor 
I don't oppose any of that stuff. I think that shit's funny. But I think now that is so commonplace that the the boundaries that were broken here are it's it's bullshit. You know, you're gonna you're gonna try to pitch this to kids that watch Logan Paul. You know, that I can't oh, I see what, what you're the saying. fuck's going on in, in some of that shit and kids but are you're, laughing. You're you're speaking to like some kind of deeper societal like because I I get to the same thing about like to kill a mockingbird. You know what I mean? Like if I no. gave that book I'm gonna make you make that argument. If I gave To Kill a Mockingbird... Show your work on To Kill a Mockingbird. What, that's a, that's no, an crazy analogy. I, I, and I don't mean this to be hey, disrespectful. Give it, it to me, because that sounds really it. interesting. I'll make it for you right now. I, I, I'm not shitting on To Kill a Mockingbird. It's one of my favorite books, and that's why I brought it up. And like, if I found a, as you said, a big Logan Paul fan, it's a perfect uh, uh, hypothetical. You think they're going to sit down and read that book? No. And I, I, I'm thinking from experience, as Andrew and I have both uh, served yeah. as nannies uh or man if you will uh no we have uh yeah. so these exact kids you're talking about these kids who are on fortnite 24 7 who you know uh literally don't even play video games they sit down to watch, watch other, other people which is unimaginable that is a level of boredom that i i can never what the fuck but those are the kids you're talking about and i i actually disagree i think they would sit down and i think that's exactly the kind of kid that would like the voice Frankly. Do you, Madison, did you, yeah. when you were nannying, did you watch, did you introduce kids to stuff like this? Like, was it well received or was it? Did I don't you kind remember of, yeah, introducing the Billy Madison. Do you, Andrew? Well, it's funny. The kids we babysat for, their mom is, <laughs> and her sisters are all in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. They play his sisters because okay, so we're going to have to explain like, the dynamic. Are you both doing double time as babysitters? Yeah. Like okay. So basically, Oren, Oren met this family in 2014. What was it through Sitter City or was it yeah, something else? Through, through a site where you uh, through a site. And there's, it, there were three boys They're uh, I think they're probably like fucking 16 now, which is crazy. They're driving. I think this oh. was in like 2014, 2015. Yeah, and there were, you know, three kids. They were wild. And it got to a point where I think Oren got another job and I was looking for, you know, either some extra income or a job, which, you know, as you are wont to do in this fucking town. And no shame. No so, shame. So Oren was like, dude, you, you know, you could, you should come and like, I'll see if Julie or, you know, their mom, he's like, I'll see if, I'll see if Julie needs an extra hand or something. And she did. And so like, we would tag team every once in a while, like, like Julie would hit us up. Hey, or one is one of you available? But like, it was, you know, she paid well. And it was, you know, like a bunch of times a week, we would pick up up from school and just help them do their homework. I great story is I was teaching uh, the youngest son uh, named Theo some vocab words. I think he was in like fifth grade at the time, fourth or fifth grade. And one of his words was threadbare. And so I was reading him like, and I would, so I would read him the word and then he would have to give me the definition. And so I got to threadbare and I was like, okay, Theo, what does threadbare mean? And he was kind of confused. He was like, oh, and he didn't know. And I was like, okay, it means shabby and worn out. And he goes, okay. And I was like, okay, can you use it in a sentence? And he goes, and then he starts to smile and he goes, Owen is threadbare. Talking about Oren because he, wow. he, I don't know where that like Adam Sandler. Yeah, because he dressed like Adam Sandler. <laughs> and then and then it got to a point where he knew that word so well, I would quiz him on it and I'll be like, Theo, like what does threadbare mean? And he would go, Owen. Because he couldn't say his R's, he would just say or Owen instead of Oren. Um, but yeah, there there's cute little kids. But like, so um 
that's the babysitting dynamic. But I think to Oren's point, I feel like those three kids that we babysat and their friends would die laughing at Billy Madison. I totally agree. But, what but kind of shit were they into? I mean, how, how long did you go, um, you know, when you were around them? Because that's a good window into kind of, you know, a different generation's experience of stuff. Yeah, that's a good. What did they find? Like, do you remember what they were into? Or, or did they find? Like, uh, they watched like that, like like Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, yeah, that they watched the show called Pair of Kings on and the Thundermans on Nickelodeon or Disney or something. Oh, which I had never even heard of these. They love Flash and the Arrow and all that shit. And um, Supergirl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Supergirl. Um, but uh, but then they're also like you know they're they're on their phones playing video games twenty four seven. I think the, the thing about this movie is that like what i appreciate about it is it's got the stuff that's gonna make us laugh right it's it, it i mean not it's not but it's got it like it's got like every time chris farley's on screen i'm laughing every time norm mcdonald's on screen i'm you know i'm laughing uh i thought bushami i'm laughing sandler has a few moments um but it's also got the low like the kind of lowest common denominator stuff that i think kids like of any generation will laugh at. you know like um um, there's, there's like visual gags and whatnot um so it's funny like that's why i was like at the beginning i was like asking you guys about like the, the definition of, is it still good and i i feel like i i lean it's interesting I, I lean towards yes because i think this movie still has a like something and like kind of like an energy you, you I, I feel like this is kind of the birth of of sam the sam that we know today and i i so i thought it was like rewarding for me to revisit it but i i'm not gonna go like all the way and say like this is something that i'll like have to like check out every you know there's like right. there, are, there are comedies that i'm like i have to like rewatch just like every couple of years or something and be like you know and i know it's like a surefire hit um but you know like it i think i i generally though it's like it's hard because we were interested when we were so young and and it I don't know. I, I think you're right. It really was kind of made for like, I want to say like 15 year old boys. It, or it's like it's weird. It's in the sweet spot where it's like, I, I think it's made for like 12 to 13 year old boys, but it, it's, it's too hardcore. So like if you have parents who give a shit about you at all, like yours clearly did, mine did yeah. too. They're going to be like, you're not watching this. Yeah. And they're, they're right. Yeah. It's got a hard fuck right in like the first half hour of it. Um, right. Like it's, it's a, it's it's a it's a movie with children, but there's some shit like he's openly talking about banging a teacher. Um, you know, it's it's that kind of like illicit stuff that you when you're like 13, it's like oh, it's like just out of reach. Like you really want to get your hands on it, and then maybe you build it up. So when you do, you really like it. Um, but when when you're kind of past, when you're on the other side of that, going back to that mindset, I don't feel like it works as well. Uh, I, I mean, I miss the days when I couldn't get my hands on everything when like something like this was just kind of out of reach. Like I had to see it at a friend's house right. or something to like circumvent my parents' wishes. I, I, I really kind of miss that as much as it sucked in the moment, but you would discover stuff like this and it would really stick in your mind. That's why you would quote it to your friends because you couldn't watch it at home. You'd have to keep it fresh by keeping all those quotes alive. You're and, so and that's right. and that's fine, but to me that, yeah. that, that got burned out so bad that when I revisit it now, there, there isn't that much there. Uh, right. There's less there than I thought there would be, um, and that, that's right about of... that. I actually agree with you. That there's less there than I thought. I think the I loved it so much. It's getting a big part of yeah. it was exactly why you just said like that. I it was it was like this forbidden fruit. I had to like like you know circumvent my parents. I had to go like to a friend's house whose parents wouldn't give a shit. Or yeah, 
you know, and um, or you'd go to your friends with who had like older brothers. That was, I mean, mm-hmm. like again, I saw oh, that, this on that's network. the fucking that is the stargate for shit. You should. Oh yeah, like, like neither one of us have neither one of us had an older brother, and in fact, Oren and Bear are the, are the eldest. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had an older sister, but like she wasn't into Adam Sandler movies, and so like I we I mean the first time I watched this was on network TV, so all the you know, like oh. swears and everything was cut out. I, I don't even remember the first time I watched this like unedited, but I, I remember the first time I heard that you get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. And I just lost my mind. I was like, holy was shit. Funny this time. That was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Well, it's like to go off of what, you know, you were no, saying. Me too. Miss Lippy's a good kindergarten teacher. She's perfect. Uh, I, I know yeah. people who teach now, you know, peers of mine who teach that level of, of kids. I think she's first grade. But, uh, you're right. That's great for me. But she's to a T very similar to how those those people are. Like they're just always very happy, good with kids, kind of innately. And that's another thing where, where she, when she tells him to get back outside for recess, yeah. that's another situation where they're just putting him into a child situation. Right. You know, like that kid doesn't want to be out there and, and she like kind of treats him like a child to guide him back yeah. out. That those situations that he's in, I also she play pretty she well. has great little moments like when he first comes in, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And she goes, "Let's involve the class." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she actually has some really nice moments. And, and she, she's a pro. It reminds yeah. me, you mentioning the reset thing. Reminds me of like the wish fulfillment in this movie is so satisfying when you get it. Like that dodgeball scene held up so yeah. Well. That good. scene he, is really he funny. is whipping balls at children's faces. <laughs> he goes, it is awesome. Yeah. It is, and and there is, like, sometimes comedies will try to do scenes like that, and, like, the sound effects are doing a lot of the work. They're not really doing that here. Like, he's hitting kids very hard, and, (laughs) like, that kind of stuff and swearing at children, to me, is a guaranteed laugh, always. Like, just hardcore swearing at kids, like, in Eastbound and Down will get me to laugh every single time. It was great. That is great. That's true. It's one of those movies that, like, has some... And I, I, you got to give a movie like this credit for it. Honestly, hate it or love it. That has some moments that are so fucking funny that you're waiting for them and you know they're coming and you're still so fucking like excited when it happens. Like, it's like Chris Farley on the bus when he gets hit by the sandwich. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Of course I knew it was coming. It's like I saw Chris Farley. Like you see him through the uh, side, the, uh, yeah. the mirror. And I'm like, oh my God, it's him. Like I can't fucking wait. And then it happened. <laughs> that was even better than I was. Like, and, and you gotta, even if you hate the movie, you gotta give, like, that is fucking rare. That is hard to accomplish. Like, and you gotta yeah. give that movie credit because a, a movie that generally has nothing so good about it, like, those aren't, that, that, those are not there. Like, yeah, they don't exist. In 25 years. But um, even the, I even noticed little things about, like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is like a particular, it's like, you don't watch this movie for the directing, but like, you know, I love the the moment when it's like when they're on the stairs because this is something that I've learned with like my directing and editing of like this moment where they're on the stair- stairs and he's talking to his dad in the beginning and he's like, "Do you remember that spelling bee? Rock, R O K." And he's like, "Yeah, what's your point?" He's like, "R O C K." And then he goes, "Oh," and it cuts to the wide and he's like, "Oh, the C is silent." And looks at it like that cut to the wide is so fucking funny, and it's just and it's so quick and like and crisp, but like. To your point, to both of your points about certain things not quite being there this time, I agree that this move, this is an example of a movie that was just quoted ad nauseum when we were growing up, and it was just such a part of you know our vernacular that yeah, watching it this time, 
you know, yeah, there was very few surprises. Again, the stuff that stood out to me the most was like that scene where he it helps Ernie and like, um, you know, little moments like that, which I thought were very sweet and well done. It hit a little different. Um, but the thing that uh, Bear said that I am going to, I'm going to use this for my reason why I think it's still good is that this was such a big fucking swing. If you really think about it, if you look at it on paper now, you think like, Oh, broad Adam Sandler comedy, just, you know, what a, what a risk the studio took. First of all, for the time it was a risk. And second of all, in the first five minutes, this dude is driving a golf cart drunk, chasing an imaginary penguin. What the fuck are we watching? This is insane. This is again, it's a big swing and it is so absurd and it's a great example of a movie where it really feels like the filmmakers did exactly what they wanted to do, what they thought was funny. And in my opinion, that's why it works because it is, again, it's a big swing and it's original in terms of its execution. Maybe the premise is like, Oh, big guy goes back to school. Like we've, we've seen that with, you know, Rodney Dangerfield and right. literally yeah. in back that's well trodden territory. Yeah. It's well trodden territory, but like, yeah, it's yeah, the template is familiar, but the approach, the you know, like who would steal thirty bag lunches and it's Farley and his two friends eating the kids' lunches and they're cracking up. And also it's like, how does he know them? Where do they come from? And how from? do they get there? Yeah. How do they get there? And again, it's just they went for thing like I could I feel like I could see like Sandler and, and Tim Hurley as they wrote this movie being like that that would be funny. And to me that's so um, I, I, I can't think of any other word than cathartic. And the reason I think it's cathartic is because I feel like they to themselves were like, I think this would be really funny. And to know that, you know, millions of other people found that stuff funny too. They were probably like, oh, wow, like, this is amazing. Like we were right, you know? Right. And again, does it all hold up? No, the Sandler no. voice doesn't make me laugh anymore. And the plot's very thin. And, you know, there are certain jokes. I mean, there, look, there's like him making fun of the kid is like, you know, like it's not a lot of stuff that, you know, you know, and like, although I did, I will, I, I'm mad at myself when I did (laughs) probably his performance, but I did laugh when he said kid can't even read because just because I was like, Jesus, it's, I I laughed because of how inappropriate, you know, it was, but like, that's basically where I'm coming from on it in terms of, you know, and also the O'Doyle joke is so fucking funny. That's a, that's a great running <laughs> gag. But again, like, it's amazing. They're leaning into the absurdity of it. There's a slip yeah. on a banana peel and die joke that's set up <laughs> way in advance, like yeah. like a long time before it pays off. That's pretty And I love funny. how there's a mean O'Doyle in every grade. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, which is, which is a, the best kind of racism, which is against Irish people, because they obviously fuck like rabbits. So yeah. we'll allow it. It's it's also so great because you easily could have just made the joke. There's an O'Doyle in every grade, but to kill off the O'Doyle, you know, <laughs> the whole plan, yeah, so satisfying. So satisfying. Oh, and they're just ch- and all. It's like and then, I love that they just double down on it in the car. That that hey, who rules? <laughs> O'Doyle rules. It's also it's another like form of wish fulfillment. How like. God, I wish my the bully like their entire fucking family would fucking die. You know, like, it, like I wish they would drop off a cliff, and then they do. <laughs> but that's a that's a better executed joke than most of the jokes in this movie, though. That takes a long time. To Although set up I will and pay say, off. my favorite joke in the whole movie, and I consider this one of the best film transitions of the '90s. Oh yeah, when Billy's <laughs> yeah. dad, Billy's dad's at the window, 
after he's had the conversation where Eric's like, look, you can't take over. And he goes, oh, Billy, Billy boy, when are you going to find whatever it is you're looking for? Cut to, here's a nice piece of shit. <laughs> Picking up the talk. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually didn't work as well for me as I... Oh, oh man, filled up as as well, but you know that's also because I ended up quoted like a million. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. It was, <laughs> I still think it's really funny. It's a masterful piece of filmmaking, you know. For that. <laughs> also, what's what's up with the pickle race? Did I? Does anyone even know what that is? Is that? No, a thing? I love that. I love that. No, no idea. No, no idea where that comes from. I, there's a scene in. The, I don't even think it's in the movie. In the book, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Where, um, what's his name? Jack, uh, our Peter Murphy, McMurphy does it with a with a tab of butter, but that's that's the I only thing. That scene, yeah, I don't think that's in the movie, but it's uh, I that I don't know where the fuck pickle races come from outside of right. That. Yeah, it's 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 like a minor attempt to add some like different shades to that trio, like their friendship. It's like just like yeah. happiness attempt to like give them a little color. Um, well, you know what's also interesting too is like like speaking of big swings is like. Yeah, the pickle race isn't that absurd, but like that clown dying, <laughs> or not dying, but like bleeding out. Well, he gets like, a hemorrhage oh. in his head. Yeah, which is hilarious, but like he just falls on the ground. They're all like, ha ha, and he's bleeding at front of his mouth. We almost That's forgot. another example of like, what the fuck There's is this? There's a fucking musical number. Yeah, like, I mentioned right. the musical number, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay, sorry. I, I don't like it. I, 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 I do like musical numbers. This one I just find to be annoying, but again, it's... I understand if, that. If you get to that point in the movie and you're upset that this movie is dumb, like there's a fucking musical number where they bring back a dead clown. Like this is not trying to be a serious film. Like it's just a vehicle for jokes. Um, right. At that, at that point, it should be clear. It's like when Neil Patrick Harris comes out in SS gear at the end of Starship Troopers. It's like, this is the movie you're watching. Uh, and I don't have a problem with that. The the funnier, as, as tired as I think the musical is, the Jim Downey's delivery of that oh line at the end, that line has been done to death, just to death. Like I really yeah. didn't feel like I ever needed to hear that again. That yeah. is such a good deadpan delivery. It, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Or and he's talking about the principal, Miss Matter, oh. Mr. Madison. What you have just said. Yeah. Oh, like, sorry. Like you like that's not so ubiquitous. Like you you see that like once a day on the internet. Someone will yeah. quote that. But that guy's delivery of that just j- just to like no joy in his face as he rips the entire head and asshole off of Billy Madison is really good. And it's so good because the character, that guy's like previous jokes are so like, did not land at all. Like zero, like the, not even the dirty about his wife. Yeah. No, not at all. Like I was like, like get out of here. And then like, luckily he gets that amazing moment of redemption. Yeah. That is a great moment. For the actor to deliver this like, such a yeah so memorable andrew's really voicemail quoting that like it, the it, other it, thing it, that i did for Oren once the hardest i think i've one of the hardest i've ever made him laugh was I, maybe you were coming home from somewhere or whatever and i went hey tubby which is what eric says to max the wrestler and like Oren fucking fell on the floor it's a great pull yeah it's a great yeah pull. um but yeah i mean my verdict is that it's you know it's interesting because you know we just did space jam and I was saying things like, you know, I can't really call this a good film and you know, no character development. Well, what's it even about? Whatever. But I think part of why space jam didn't hold up for me personally was that I had only seen it like once or twice in my life, both as a kid. And I remember loving it. 
And I hadn't seen it since. And everyone around me is like, yo, Space Jam is the fucking shit. It's still great, blah, blah, blah. And so my expectations were way too high. And so it's, I didn't watch, it's not like I watched Space Jam and was like, this movie fucking sucks. I was just like, this is fine. It's not as good as you remember. Like everybody calm down. But my point, but the reason I'm bringing that up is because you could say the same things about Billy Madison right here. You really could like, you know. It's, it's less naked marketing than Space Jam is. Yeah, Space Jam is really like studio engineered product. There's, I do feel like you have to, you should take a movie on its own terms. Like I, yes, yes. like, you know, that's why like reading criticism of Adam Sandler's work is a, that's a dead end. I don't know that he has greater goals than trying to make people laugh. Uh, he actually might not have greater goals than just hanging out with his friends. And if people laugh at it, that's, that's fine. So like, there's nothing like, wrong with that. I, I don't have a problem with it. Like a movie like Billy Madison, I, I, I think it's bad. I don't think there's as much there as you, as you remember. I think your memories of it as a kid are better than what is there. I think there's some, I definitely would agree with that. Very serious structural problems problems with the story um but there is shit i laughed at and yeah i can't imagine watching this and not laughing at anything i'm I'm laughing a lot less than i did when i was a kid but i'm also not really the intended audience here Uh, so to come out and like really shit on this guy for just trying to make people laugh like oh this is so lowbrow it's like i think that's what he set out to do and i think he did accomplish it so what do you yeah yeah and it's it's like that's an impossible ask to have a movie that you laugh at the same amount or more as an adult versus as a child. Right. And it's literally impossible for a variety of reasons. But like, so to, I think to take a movie that you enjoyed and laughed at a ton as, as a child and to find like maybe double digit laughs is, an, is pretty impressive, I would argue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm serious, I'm just, because think about it, it's like, Okay, if it's if it's lo- if it's really like just lowest common denominator, we're talking like slapstick, like physical comedy. It's like okay, you're not. It's like I don't know what the drop off is going to be. I've been told I got to be quiet or I'm getting passionate. Um, uh, but the drop off <laughs> is going to be pretty, you know, considerable, right? Like you know, you're not going to laugh at, at the guy slipping on a slippery floor in the same way, right? As a kid, and and if you want to talk about like things that are over your head as a kid that you'll laugh at as an adult, like sure there's, and we saw even a few of those, not very many, Billy Madison, there's some of that. Um, so I think, I, I really do think it's a feat to have a film where you laughed as a kid and as an adult. There's obviously going to be drop off, but I think the, the tricky thing is like Space Jam is interesting is to make a quick analogy. It doesn't really deliver like big laughs. Absolutely like, not. There is yeah. almost nothing funny in that movie. No, some chuckles, kid, clever lines. Kid, but yeah. There's a couple, and it's all it's all Looney Tunes, right? It's you know you're 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 laughing at the slap. You're more just like in awe of Michael Jordan and the Looney and Tunes. That. There's yeah. actually not that many gags. There's not that many setups for for Looney Tunes. Like there's no, like yeah, right. has a couple one liners. Like that's that's really what you're banking on. Yeah, Daffy's the funniest one for sure. Yeah. Daffy's funny, but like when I revisit Looney Tunes, like the funniest shit. The Wiley Coyote stuff is awesome, yeah. and that's just that's just very simple. And Bugs being very well spoken is very funny. Yeah, too. And, and Bugs, and Bugs doing funny. Bugs has some funny interplay with the with the aliens, but yeah, but I think that like yeah, I mean it's it, it has you have to have a very specific point of view to just like the the nostalgia factor of ninety. I feel like half the people who like love Space Jam are really just there for like the opening credits because they're so satisfying. 
to watch like all the footage of Michael Jordan. It's a yeah, no, I'm so, I mean, like, I think, I think if it, it, it's this thing of, again, it all comes back to like how subjective all this shit that we're doing on this podcast is, is like, if it mattered to you as a kid, you know, it's probably still going to matter to you in some ways as an adult. And even the, our guests that we had for space jam, like they agreed with bear and I, that was like, this is, it's, it was not an, it was not as easy of a watch as I remember, but they were like, but I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to say no because it's just like, you know, it, it meant so much to me then. And like, and also Liz made such a good point of saying 2020 has already taken so much from us. I can't like, I can't let them have this. I I reject this premise. My, my promise to you and the listeners is I will never get off the gas pedal of an opinion I have, but I will, I will never soften it. But Bear, even you have to admit, like take this movie in a vacuum from when you were a kid and now, and you've got laughs. It's, you're not giving this movie. Well, I, I really love your your concept of double digit laughs. It's funny to me because I imagine you like a bouncer at a nightclub, like clicking them off with that thing, like just checking. <laughs> like, where are we here? Like we're at forty five minutes. That's a lot. Think think of a yeah. movie you um, you know, expected to be funny. Maybe you got to you know, think of a movie that you went in with expectations and it really just was not fucking funny. Like it just really wasn't. Guaranteed and laugh double digit time. Guaranteed. Not to say that's the barometer, but like like. If you hated this fucking movie, watching it now, I, I guarantee you're not. I mean, you're agreeing with us about certain like moments that are objectively fucking. Yeah, funny. no, there, there's the the problem with with stuff like this, especially comedy that you experience when you're a kid, is that it will hit differently. So I think we're both on the same page that you shouldn't quantify laughter, even though that is funny. Um, but there, the the uh, well, the stuff that works versus the stuff that doesn't work. There's more here that doesn't work. Yeah, of course. And like the, the stuff that does work is a little bit different. Like, like I keep bringing up the, the, the incredible absurd nature of the stuff in this movie plays better as an adult. Whereas as a kid, I wasn't yeah. really thinking about that because you're, you're in school. It's like too familiar to you. Uh, when you get older, you, you're like, oh, this is just ridiculous. Um, it's, it, the, the, the part where I diverge is that this is in no world is this a comedy classic. Um, it doesn't hit the same as it did as a kid. I think if you show this to someone um, who somehow didn't see it, like Zoe, they're yeah. going to be confused by yeah, sure. the classic status of this film. Right. And I, yeah. I would challenge anyone who really loves this movie to watch it again now, because I, I guarantee it is not as good as you think it is. Right, because it wasn't really made for like a 30-year-old person. So if you're watching for the first time, at this age it's yeah. going to be you're going to be like what the fuck are people thinking of when they think of it and also like, when part you remove of the-, the nostalgia from it like what's there is is not that much um, yeah though and they're taking a lot of shots <laughs> to your point they're, they're going for double digit double but what's laugh. part of what's made me laugh part of what made me laugh this time around too was remembering like quoting it with you Oren, or like quoting it with other friends like when he said hey tubby i laughed because i was like oh i remember that time we quoted that like it wasn't even necessarily like the line itself it was the context with which i you know used it in real life and to me that shit's me just tired I-, I know a million stupid guys who wear sperries and gave up on life and have some bullshit job <laughs> it's a fucking bible and i hate it this and I try not to let that inform my opinion of the film. No, I, I, it's, it's I get it. It's hard to get over something that's so well worn. I'm, I'm very eager to see if there's a, a comedy um, that stands the test of time enough to earn the it's still good, like definitively it's still good label. Because I think, particularly with comedy, it's damn near impossible. 
Like, I agree, but I try to keep an open mind with stuff. And we'll, and your your Sandler appreciation and knowledge is good to know because I, I think we're gonna we're gonna need to have you back for a couple other things for sure. Happy Gilmore, um, and I did want to revisit some of his comedy albums because I remember what the hell happening to me or whatever yeah. what the hell happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. Like piss your pants, funny levels. But I haven't, yeah. you know, I haven't revisited either, either of those properties in a long time. Anytime you guys want to talk Sandler, I'm available. And and the truth is, like, we'll, we can get it another time, maybe. But like, I I just think like he is someone who we will, you know, recognize that we sorely underappreciated. Someday we will realize. That. I don't think so because actually I'm at the point where I'm I refuse to be surprised that he can act at this point. Like he's proven it enough times where the, the the reaction of like, oh my God, I can't believe Sandler can handle something like Uncut Gems. Like, no, we, we've really established he can. It's yeah. just that there's no, for me, there's no indicator of when he's going to make a movie that's good. Uh, and that's why I hadn't seen right. Uncut Gems till like Carter and a couple other people like, dude, you gotta get off your ass and fucking see this thing. It's amazing. Uh, there, to me, there's he puts out such a, an amount of stuff that you don't know when he's going to bring it. He's amazing. But I'm that movie. well past the point of being surprised when he brings it. But you're a yeah. film school grad. Like I've had conversations with people, you know, who just like can't get over, like, you know, they're just kind of preoccupied with all the, you know, the other stuff he puts out. Well, Oren, to your point, I don't necessarily think that it's 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 going to be that we like underappreciated him. I think what people are going to realize is that they were too fucking mean to him. Like, truly, I think people like too critical, too harsh. It's like, dude, calm the fuck down. Like, I'm with you on that one 100%. I think that people love to hate him for whatever reason. But I think he is an insane talent. And I think you can watch. You you can't watch you, you can't watch Billy Madison and tell me that he's like not talented at all. I just don't I won't I just don't accept that. And I but I also would argue even harder for something like Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems. I would just say like, you can't, like, yeah. I agree with you completely, Barry. Like when Uncut Gems came out, I was so excited for it. Not because I was like, I'm really curious. I was just like, I can't wait to see him crush this role. That's why I was excited. And I also love the Safdie brothers and Ronald Bronstein. Like I love what they do. And I'm like, these, this is going to be a great, this movie is going to be wet right up my alley. I'm going to love it. And I, and luckily my expectations were not only met, they were exceeded. And I think that he is someone who um, also I've met him once, not to not, not that this should color my opinion or whatever. And he is so fucking nice. He could not have been nicer. And that was a huge deal to me because you know, one of, when you meet one of your childhood heroes and it wasn't like I met him at some uh, bullshit autograph signing. I was walking, I work, I was working on the Sony lot and I saw him and I went up to him and just said hi and told him like, thanks for the movies. I love your work. And he was like, Oh, thanks for saying that, buddy. How you doing? You having fun? Whatever. And then like the next day I was running an errand on the lot and he saw me and waved again. Like probably didn't even know who I was, but just, he's just that night. Like he's just a nice guy. And that's what I love. And I, you know, I love everything from like, you know, like his early, some of his early comedies to like even sketches that he does on Conan show. Like he's always like, Coney and like trolling Conan O'Brien and it's funny. Um, But I think to Billy Madison specifically, I'll say that what I appreciated the most this time was the fact that it was the absurdity stuck out to me more and the big swings. And I really appreciated that. So to me, I think it's still good, mostly for that reason. Um, Did it all completely hold up? Of course not. I mean, am I even going to watch it again anytime soon? Probably not. 
and I would be lying if I said the nostalgia wasn't coloring my opinion of this a little bit, and it totally is. But again, the absurdity of it, the fact that I like about five minutes in when I was when I just thought to myself, holy shit, they really went for it here, and a studio got behind it. To me, that was really impressive. So that's yeah, overall, overall to me, it's still good overall. But no, I think uh, I think we got to take a hard look at stuff that we hold in this higher regard. Yeah. No, so let me you, ask you make a good point. But um, no, you do make a good point. So you said a, a second ago, like, um, I will never take my foot off the gas when it comes to an opinion. Do you mean like you won't accept things like people saying, well, the nostalgia factor for me? Or... No, what I mean is that I, I, I won't tamper an opinion uh, with the out of, well, oh, well, art is subjective. So who knows? You know, oh, we could work for one person, could work for, I, I don't believe in any of that shit. I think make an argument, show your work and, and stand by it um that's and, fair and i think better than anything um so I'll, I'll never i'll never you know soften something of like you know maybe adam sandler's a great guy and i, and I meet him and i'm like yeah he was really nice to me hey, this movie sucks like that's th those yeah. are those are two separate two separate yeah. items they, and they don't have to be mutually exclusive and i'm not yeah and I, I won't i don't feel the need to not have an opinion on art because of other factors right, right. you can look yeah. at stuff as it is and, and, and make an argument and judge it without having to feel bad or like you need to tamper that with uh, with something yeah. else. And I, I, I like I feel people like Adam Sandler's work. I think that's cool. Just if you can explain it beyond which Oren, you definitely did to your extreme credit beyond this is a comedy classic. Oh, my God, it's great. Um, you know, if you can do that, then that's a fun discussion. Yeah. If you can't, yeah. it's like, what the hell? What do you even what, what is your experience of this shit? Right. Yeah, that, that's my my deal that's my rant right. god damn it all right we're gonna wrap it up because i think Warren has to run i'm sorry guys yeah no I, don't be sorry we're extremely was, long yeah it was no, great I, having you man i really could go on and on about things i love about sandler and his films so. well we'll definitely have you back for another sandler episode uh thank you to Oren pelleg uh you can find us on instagram at still good show you can send us an email stillgoodshow at gmail.com with any episode ideas or if you agreed or disagreed with one of us um find us on facebook is it still good and finally our website stillgoodshow.com uh next week we will be diving into coldplay's 20 year old classic album parachutes bears ears are gonna bleed my ears are going to come uh thank you all so much and we will see you next time bye-bye god that's disgusting okay guys take care